The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. I am Emily Swallow, also known as the Armorer on The Mandalorian. And I'm just giving a little shout out to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast because this is the way. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 90. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force. And I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinsetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a reminder, you can get your own official Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt by going to sqpn.com slash merch. These are fun t-shirts that encapsulate our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. You can also uh, join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest, all one word, to 66866. Also, of course, please share the podcast on your favorite social media so that way we can get seen by more people who would be interested in hearing us talk about Star Wars and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That also gets us seen by more people and it also lets us know how we're doing. So we'd love to to hear your, your feedback on that. So today we are shifting gears quite a bit since the end of the Bad Batch. And so to kind of pass the time until Star Wars Visions, we are going to be doing some kind of one-off episodes here. And so first of all, we thought it would be fun to talk about the Disneyland and Disney World Star Wars Galaxy Edge immersive experience since one of the other podcasters and I have both been there recently. So welcoming onto the show this evening is Andrew Hermes. Hello, Father. Pleasure to be here. It's good to have you. So it's just going to be us two tonight because we are the only two on the podcast uh, crew that have been to Galaxy's Edge. And I'm sure um, our fellow co-hosts are uh, going to listen with uh, perhaps a little bit of jealousy, but hopefully they can go visit uh, Disney World or Disney Disneyland at some point uh, because Galaxy's Edge is a really, really cool experience. Um, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, we've both been there really within the last month. Um, I went to the Disney World um, version at Hollywood Studios, and Andrew, you went to the Disneyland Park. That's right. So, uh, I guess right off the bat, I mean, what was it like for you walking into the park? It was a lot of emotions. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yep, yep. Like, yeah, I don't want to. It's it's really not hyperbole, I, and I wasn't expecting it because you know I've, I've gone to Disneyland many times, and obviously when Star Wars Land opened, I, I just couldn't wait to get there. And this was my first time seeing it, and I had obviously high expectations, being a Star Wars fan and looking forward to something new at the Disneyland Park. You know, because of obviously because of the pandemic and all that, it was just uh, it took a lot longer for me to get there. But Mm -hmm. 
finally getting there. I remember vividly, you know, we did a few things, you know, in the beginning of the day at the park uh, outside of Star Wars land. Like we went on the pirates ride first and, Mm -hmm. you know, did a few other things. And I remember walking towards Star Wars land. There's uh, I don't know if if it's like this at the Orlando Resort, but at, at, at least at the one in Anaheim, you know, there's there's like a transition from. I think it's Frontierland to Star Wars Park. I think that uh, to Star Wars Land, I think that's the closest, uh, you know, themed area. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's it's like a really smooth transition. It's kind of impressive, like from Frontierland or whatever it was into Star Wars Land. And it just slowly builds up. It's like you first when you're first walking in, is this like you you start to hear the Star Wars music? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. we're here or, you know, again there. But you don't you can't really see much in the distance. Is this a bunch of trees? You're surrounded by a bunch of trees. It's starting to feel like closer and closer, like the trash cans. Literally, the trash cans <laughs> were the first thing, the first sign of Star Wars land because we had there were trash cans that were uh, painted like painted like droids and, and had, you know, the some uh, foreign, a foreign Star Wars language on it. And Arbesh. Yep. Arbesh. Yeah. And I was like, OK, we're here. And then just out of nowhere, like it. It's it's kind of almost like entering a new dimension. Like you're just <laughs> yep. sweeping. Like the architecture is like you're. It's you're just literally in that world. And you know, I was telling someone this uh, recently. I forgot who it was. Uh, I think I've told this to many people. That's why I'm forgetting. But <laughs> I'm like, you know, Disney. They're so they they're so good at the details. Mm-hmm. And and especially with this, like the. They they obviously use the latest and greatest technology, so it makes the rest of the park <laughs> pale in comparison. Because <laughs> yeah. obviously the rest of the park has been there for a while. It's like Disney already has our money. Like Star Wars, like obviously is is like a treasured franchise, and they don't need to to go the extra mile that they do, you right. know. But they the fact that they do it anyway is like it, it, it's very impressive. Like the it shows that that they're fans as well. Yes. Exactly. And, 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 you know, what sets Disneyland apart from other theme parks is, is really the experience and that level of detail. It's, it's not just about like, you know, the rides or, you know, Mm -hmm. just getting people in there and and eating overpriced food and all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. That's a part of it. But, you know, Disneyland, I think in general, you know, the food is usually on another level. It's, it's always better. And then the rides, the level of detail, again, the, the architecture and just being immersed in these different worlds and then star wars being the most recent you know along with uh, at the other park in anaheim california adventure they they recently opened the avengers campus mm-hmm. maybe we'll do an episode on that on the marvel podcast but yeah just walking in and then seeing i mean seeing the millennium falcon like a, a real size like like when they're filming these movies, like it, even the actors didn't experience this because right. they filmed on sets that were just right. pieces of a the ship. Millennium Falcon was this little probably toy that they were filming, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. and just waiting in line in that ride, uh-huh. you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm in, I'm in the Millennium Falcon. Like it's it's yes. tactile. Like everything's tactile. It, 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 even though you don't know what a Millennium Falcon would smell like, somehow it smells like a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> like it's. It's that level of of detail and the rise of resistance. I'm sure we'll get it, get to yep. that. Yep. Uh, but that 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 was just a whole nother level of theme park rides. I think that's doesn't get better than that. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, to we'll it. get to that. Uh, that's that's coming yeah. up quick. Yeah, and um, you know, just 
everything about it is just you literally feel like you're 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 in that world and you're not at Disneyland anymore. You're not on planet right. Earth anymore. Right. Like it's, I'm not exaggerating. That's it, it was really and it it was really, really like I just felt, you know, every emotion I did as a kid watching the, the original trilogy for the first time and and then when I really got into Star Wars when the when the prequels came out when I was in middle school. Like all those same feelings came back and, and even more because mm-hmm. of just how overwhelming, you know, it is. And, and I just, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, it was really better than I even expected. So, yep. which, which is what the high expectations I already had was, was really on another level for me. I think, I think you hit it. Uh, I mean, with the word immersive, like this right. is an immersive experience. Um, I similarly, I, I mean, you're, you're just kind of, you're blown away with awe. So at, at Orlando, you have to go through a bit of the other of Hollywood studios before you can get to, to galaxy's edge. But, um, the, the quickest way to galaxy's edge in Orlando, you end up having to go through this huge tunnel that they've kind of carved out of, out of the rock there. And so it's, it's actually a very solid transition. Like you walk through this tunnel and then bam, you're in Batu, and you're not just, it's, it's. Uh, yeah, it's not just a ride. It's not just, um, mm-hmm. you know, a themed restaurant. It is you are on Batu. Uh, oh, yeah. There, and actually, Disneyland did have a tunnel as well. Okay. It was like another. It's a separate way to get so in I there. Wonder, so and it had you, like a had a tunnel. Were you entered? Were you closer to the Millennium Falcon? When you know, I the first entered? Entrance? Yeah. Actually, no, it was first. It was like the shops and Batu. Okay. Whatever. Actually, no, I, I take that back. I was closer to Rise of the Resistance, the okay. initial way okay. I entered. Yep. But if you go through the tunnel, like you were describing, you're closer to the Millennium Falcon. See, and I and think the, in Orlando, those are swapped because the okay. tunnel put me right where Rise of the Resistance was. So I, okay, no. I, yeah. I had to, it's, I had to walk through yeah. that. And, um, and then, yeah. And then I had to come around the corner and then, then Batu kind of opens up and you see all the shops and then, yeah. uh, and then, yeah. And then the Millennium Falcon life, life yeah. size, I would describe it. I mean, for, for a quick analogy, it would be akin to, you know, having your kids see Cinderella's castle at yeah. uh, Disney, Disneyland or Disney world. That's the experience <laughs> for us <laughs> seeing the Millennium Falcon. That's where, you know, everybody's <laughs> gathered to get pictures and, it's funny. It's funny you 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 use that analogy because you know everyone gathers by the castle to watch the fireworks at night, yep. right? I'm, I'm assuming it's the same at Orlando. Yep, yep. And I'm glad. I'm glad I did this. It happened by chance. It was like the we're gonna go see the fireworks. My daughter was already passed out. She was like in the stroller, passed out, was past her bedtime. <laughs> yep. But we, you know, we're like, okay, we're gonna uh, you know at least watch the fireworks. So she. Is asleep or awake, whatever. Anyway, but I was really trying to get into the cantina. Yeah. And even though I, I booked tickets a month before, there were no reservations for the yep. cantina. So yep. I, I got on a wait list. And by the time I got there, they were already closing. Mm-hmm. So I, I unfortunately, you I didn't, didn't get, get to experience the cantina. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. That's the, the one thing I didn't get to do. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you can tell me all about it. But, <laughs> and I'll be jealous. But anyway... Since it, since it was close to that closing time, we decided to watch the the fireworks in Star Wars Land instead of where everyone else was. Okay, you know, by the castle where it's crowded and it's hard to get a good spot. But at Star Wars Land, there was like no one there. There were just you know mm-hmm. a decent amount of people, but you can walk around and breathe. You know, it's right. it was. But the fireworks in Anaheim, at least, 
obviously. It, it, it almost, I, I, and you can tell, like, they launched the fireworks, like, from there. You are so oh, wow. freaking close to those fireworks. And seeing the fireworks, you know, in, in the backdrop of Batu was, like, unbelievable. So was I, Cinderella's castle on the other side? Oh, it's the, on the complete other side. Okay. Yeah, it's so, it's, it's, it's a decent walk away. I know, I know, uh... I haven't been to Orlando, but I know it's more spread out. Yeah, it's, um, than, uh, than Anaheim. Cinderella's Castle is in a completely different park in Orlando. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, so it's in the same park at Anaheim because there's only two parks in Anaheim. I think there are like five in Orlando. But, <laughs> there's a bunch, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it is a far walk. It's a it's a pretty far walk from where Star Wars Land is to the castle. Mm-hmm. So that's why there there are really not a lot of people. But oh, still, that would be fun. It was. I have. Yeah, I'll send you some pictures. Of oh, the sure. fireworks and some videos from Star Wars Land. It was this. It was stunning. It was amazing. It was like I'm like anytime I'll go. I go back to Disneyland. Um, that's where I'm watching the fireworks. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. So yeah, uh, I I do want to talk about Oga's Cantina. So uh, yeah. when I went there uh, just a couple weeks ago, I too didn't. We didn't. We didn't plan ahead enough to have reservations. So here might yeah. be a, a tip for those of you listening. If you're interested in going to the cantina and you don't have reservations. Um, we, we went there right off the bat. So we got there, I think the park opened at nine and I think we got there at about, it was, it was like, we were, we were at Oga's Cantina at like nine twenty, And, oh, and wow. so they, so they were like, well, we can put you on this, on the wait list and we can see what happens. And they put us on the wait list and literally within a minute they were like, Oh yeah, spot opened up and, and let us into the cantina. Nice. So we were there and, um, the 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 point too was we were waiting for our allotted time for Rise of the Resistance. So yeah. we'll 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 get to that here in a minute. So we we me and my my buddy Carlos went went to Oga's Cantina at nine in the morning. And <laughs> interesting time to it, be at a, at a bar. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's five o'clock somewhere on Batu at that point. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so Oga's Cantina is a is a really fun place to to go to. Um, the, I mean, the, the whole, the whole bar, I mean, it feels like a, you know, the Moss Eisley cantina. It's got the, the kind of the, the jutted out, um, bar area and, um, droids aren't serving you. You're served by, by people, the natives of, of Batu, and you can get like all sorts of different, uh, concoctions with alcohol, without alcohol. Um, I think I got a, um, I took a picture of it. It was an Endor Yubnub. And so I think it was like a, a rum and kind of like a Mai Tai. It was kind of a rum and, yeah. and uh, pineapple juice kind of drink. And um, we got a, a charcuterie plate. And of course, everything is is in universe. So like the drinks you're getting and the, the food you're getting is not just, well, you're you're getting bits of salami and you're getting, you know, bits of, of cheese. It's like, um, and I forget what animals it was, but like it's. You know, animals native to, to Batu is what you're eating yeah. on this, on this <laughs> yeah. charcuterie platter. Um, and, and yeah, just a, a real fun, lively atmosphere. Uh, the, the bartenders are, are super friendly. One of the other, the big draws about Oga's Cantina is that there's a, there's a very uh, particular DJ who's playing music in there. And um, the, what's cool about the DJ is it's a droid and it's Rex. And this is the same <laughs> droid that used to be in Star Tours. So he retired ah. his his piloting experience at Star Tours and came over to to be a DJ at, at Oga's Cantina. So, nice. uh, so yeah, so definitely a, a worth worth checking out um, if you can get to to Oga's Cantina. Yeah, I was able to eat at um, 
at one of the, one of the restaurants there. I yep. think it was Docking Bay Seven or yep. something like yep. that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, and and that was that was cool. The, the the level of detail even there, and and I think they had a lot of the same drinks yep. that probably Olga's Cantina served. So, and and I bought a. They did have a spork, like a metal spork that you could purchase. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that has some Arbish written on it uh, that, that I was able to get. But yeah, I was bummed. Yeah, I mean, I did have my my uh, my now three year old daughter. She was uh, she just turned three, but this so she was almost three. Um, she was with us. So I think if she wasn't with us, I would have definitely been able to get into the cantina because yeah, uh, I don't like. I think it probably works the same way in Orlando. The, this is probably another tip. If you don't get a reservation, they they do have virtual walk-ins. Yep. And for most of the day, it was like unavailable. But if you keep refreshing, mm-hmm. you know, it, spots will pop up. It popped up for me. I just didn't have the you know the wiggle room to to, to mm-hmm. fit some time to get in there. But um, at least the the one the one in Orlando, um, we just walked up to the cantina and they put us into a wait list. And so then they texted <laughs> nice. me when when there was a, yeah. an opening. Yeah, I tried that like in the middle of the day and they were like, we're booked. Yeah. They, they said, just keep, they said, keep, they actually told me keep refreshing the, yep. on the app, but yeah. So but yeah. something like that, the earlier you can get to it, the, the better, uh, because then there's less walk-ins, there's less just, uh, rush. Right. So, um, and you know, it's, it's Batu, so go have a drink, yeah. go when it, <laughs> when it suits you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so definitely worth checking out. Uh, let's shift to rise of the resistance. So this is kind of the, the, I would say it's the biggest, uh, like attraction, if you will, for, for, um, for galaxy's edge. The, the whole idea is that, I mean, well, and so to begin with, I mean, Batu itself, the whole place you're, it's what, what I loved about it, um, going back to talking about it being an immersive experience is that you have landed in a world where the first order is present and so is the resistance. So I think in the chronology, this actually takes place between the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker. So like you can see Kylo Ren walking around and the stormtroopers and Ray and everything. So all of the story is tied up in that, but also there's, there's the local story. You can talk to the, to the local natives and stuff. But Rise mm-hmm. of the Resistance then comes into play because that is a very particular story that takes place on Batu in this fight between the First Order and uh, the Resistance. And so this ride is so popular that you cannot just uh, walk up to it and get in line. You have mm-hmm. to use the app and <laughs> at seven mm-hmm. in the morning, you have to hit that yeah. button to to get into the <laughs> virtual queue. And if you miss that, um, you can try again at 1 p.m. and try for the afternoon. And if you don't yeah. get into either, you're pretty much out of luck. I think right. I think yeah. I read that Orlando, like for the first time ever, uh, ran out of all their their virtual wait list and was able to let people walk in at the end of the day. But that was like the oh, wow. first time ever that happened. <laughs> so. If you're going to go, make sure that you have the, the Disney World or the, the Disneyland app and that you yes. right at seven in the morning, you got to have super quick fingers and <laughs> hit That's that, a must. Yeah. Hit that yeah. virtual queue. I was at, yeah. At six, at six fifty eight, you know, my wife and I had our phones out and yep. we're just refreshing, <laughs> refreshing. And as soon as that, that join button, you know, turned blue, yep. it was like, quit. You got to tap it like three times too. It's like join, <laughs> confirm, done. Yep. You know? Yeah. And, it was funny. Uh, so yeah, like. like 
I, I was, we got <laughs> I set my alarm and then got up and so, well, so yeah. I was, I was actually still lying in bed as I hit that button. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> now, now we can like get up and, and have breakfast yes. and then head, head over to, to galaxy's edge. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, so this, this ride is super, super cool. So it's, it's not just, it's not just a roller coaster. It's, it's a, it's an experience. Um, so the whole the whole idea behind it is that uh, you are a recruit uh, from the resistance and uh, they they filmed Ray. So Daisy Ridley makes an appearance. Uh, John Boyega, Adam Driver, um, uh, Oscar Isaac, all of them reprise mm-hmm. their roles. Uh, yes. And so you're recruited by Ray to join the resistance and you <laughs> walk onto this transport and it's and it's very interactive you're you're not seated mm-hmm. you're you walk onto this transport and uh you get escorted out of the the atmosphere of batu and you have there's screens in the transport that you can see what's going on and mm-hmm. you then of course are boarded by the the first order they capture you and they literally dock with you mm-hmm. and board the ship yes <laughs> and yeah, yeah these are actors too yeah and it's and it's so amazing because they they stay in character i mean no matter what mm-hmm. they i mean they come on yeah. and they're all like rough and like everybody off the yeah. transport and yes and, <laughs> you know you've got like you've got moms and dads and kids and like everybody's <laughs> yeah. ushered off of this this uh transport onto uh the star destroyer and that is one of the most iconic shots i think in the entire ride you have yes. the 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 stormtroopers all lined up and Goosebumps. and and this yeah. it's huge the the set the set is huge it's you feel like you're in a hangar yeah yeah every little area that you've been in up to that point is like you're in a small room then you go to another small room right. then in like a little hallway right and then this door slides open and then it's just this huge uh, immersive like just i don't know how tall the ceilings were oh like, it's it, it's it's like you know it's like being in a star destroyer like yeah. it's it has the scope uh of of what you saw on film like mm-hmm. and and had and all just a fleet of stormtroopers like <laughs> it was yeah that's that's the point of the ride where where like goosebumps chills yep. emotions yep. are like what like this is there's no going back from this. This is this is on another level. Like the the ride's not even halfway through, uh, and I already can tell this is like the best ride I've ever been on. And and what makes it so good is that it is it is an immersive experience. It's not yes. just a roller coaster or not just you know fancy flashing lights. And I mean you're you're interacting with with actors who are playing these mm-hmm. these characters. And um yeah, it is so so amazing and. And it's even funny. So at that point, at least when I when I was there, uh, they they of course want you to continue to to move on, but they also recognize that everybody's going to stop and take pictures. So yeah. even like the first order uh, officers were like, you know, please use your data pad and take your transmission and then move on. And, and like yeah. so they were yes. keeping everything <laughs> in universe, even though they knew that everybody's going to stop and and take a picture and. Uh, yeah, and and so then they, you not? they they usher you into into a smaller room where then you are interrogated by Kylo Ren, <laughs> which is kind of fun. It, it I mean yeah. nothing ever happens to you, but the whole room like darkens and the the lights yeah. and and Kylo Ren and um 
Oh, his his first officer. I am blanking on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name too. Um, everyone knows who we're talking about, right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they're they're up yeah. above on the ledge, and yes. again, they reprise their role for this, and so mm-hmm. like you you feel like you're being, <laughs> uh, not well. You're not interrogated <laughs> yet, but like you're you're intimidated by yeah by Kylo Ren, and then he gets called off. And the wall to my, I forget which side it was, the wall to like my right um, started to yeah. glow. And that's the, the resistance breaking through. And they, yeah. they pull you out of the interrogation room. And then you get on this nifty little little shuttle thing. I'm not even sure yeah. what you want to call it. And this is the, the roller coaster part of the ride, if you will. But it's not yeah. even a roller coaster. It's yeah. it's it's like what it's like. A, it's it's trackless, but it's like one of those track rides. Like it's right. If if you ever been on like uh, the Transformers ride at Universal Studios, or it's 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 where you're just like on this little you know track and and you're mm-hmm. just sk- skating through like this uh, you know through all the different set pieces. But yeah, obviously this on this ride it's just on another level because it's oh, yeah. like you said there's you know there's there are screens, but w- once you get to this point it's like a lot of pr- it's all practical stuff for the most part. It's like animatronics. animatronics. The yep. animatronics are so yep. So like, I mean, it, the animatronics on all the other rides that you've ever been on, like, just 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 look like, uh, you know, it's like comparing like PlayStation One graphics to PlayStation, right. you know, Five. <laughs> right. Like, it's it's there's no comparison. Like you, sometimes you're fooled. Like, wait, is that an actor or mm-hmm. is that an animatronic? Yeah, and and like this the 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 sets. Like at one point, you're like you have the the ad ads are like really. Yeah. Bro- Life size, they, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. like it, it, they could have cheated and just made it a, like a screen, you know, like uh, and projected them. But yep. no, it, it, it's real practical, like sets and uh, and models. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so the, the the whole story on that is is Finn is is leading you guys um, on, on this little shuttle to escape the uh, the Star Destroyer, and yeah, you run into Adats. And you, I forget, like you, you try to escape one way and it doesn't work. And then you run into Kylo yeah. Ren and, and you have to like, yeah. your little droid pilot is like freaking out. <laughs> and his, his, yeah, his lightsaber is like poking through, like yeah. through the walls and stuff and yeah. almost getting you. Yeah. Um, I think at one point you end up on the, like the lower part of the bridge and you can see Kylo Ren and, right. and, uh, I should just look at his first officer. Yeah. Let's just Google this, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to bug me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and then you you continue to escape, and and I think at one point there's even a, a somewhat of a you like you get thrown up not into the air but you you get lifted up and then you finally get to an escape pod and it and it kind of yes. drops you out uh, and then you crash land back on Batu with the resistance and that's kind of the <laughs> the end of the ride. Yeah. But it's, Henrik, what was that? Henri- no, Is that's that that's Rogue One. Uh, oh, okay, Google. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I'm like Kylo Ren first officer and it's the first results, Henrik. But, but yeah, I mean, no matter how we describe this ride, we're not going to do it justice. I mean, it's, but it is as I know the word we keep using is immersive, but it's as immersive as you can get. And, and in the star Wars uh, world, I mean, I don't know what other experience uh, could match it. I mean, like I said before, like, even 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 if you were an actor or if you visited a set of a Star Wars film, it's it's not, it's not like this, you know, because it's 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 you're really you're really really there. And 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 again, the, Disney did not cheap out, and when they probably easily could have. 
but like they have a standard and they just up that standard to another level because every everything from the gift i mean from the gift shops to to these rides that we're that we're talking about like it's it's all it's all a level of craftsmanship that that is like unmatched Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm I'm gonna come back to that um at the end because i've got some uh kind of a fun story to share about an in-universe experience and general hux is who we are trying to remember yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) all right Uh, so yeah so he makes an appearance too um on to a completely random topic in galaxy's edge one of the other draws is that they they made blue milk did you have blue milk (laughs) i did not i did not fall for the uh Okay. I'm not a, I'm not I'm not I'm not big into the uh, like sugary dr- creamy okay. drinks and and you know it was a pretty hot day in Anaheim so it didn't you know it didn't sound uh too it didn't sound so I don't think it would have quenched my thirst. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I mean I tried other Star Wars themed stuff but mm. you know the blue milk I I did not. I I stayed away from that. So I did and a lot of people really like it. I did not. Mm. And I did not. And I, I don't know. I might be in the minority here, but I was really just wanting, I think what I was wanting it to be was just milk. That was food colored blue. I see. And it wasn't that (laughs) it was a, like a slushy fruity alcoholic. You could, you could add alcohol to it or or not, but it was sort of a a fruit slushy drink. And that doesn't scream milk to me. So I don't, Not at all. I don't really know why they went down that road. I but didn't know that. I assumed, I assumed I had some milk component, but I guess no, not. Yeah. it's, uh, so I, yeah, yeah, I thought it was just, I, I mean, it was all right, but it wasn't what I expected it to be. So sure. I know a lot of people loved it and a lot of people do love it. I will go yeah. for other drinks when I, when I go back to, to Batu. I was kind of, I'm not that I'm a Harry Potter fan, but when I visited, um, Universal Studios, I had yep. the butter beer. That, I didn't like it. I really I didn't like it. You didn't? Okay. I, I, <laughs> I know. And I, I know I'm in the minority too. Uh, a lot of people like that. That one fit uh, my mental image of how yeah. it should taste. So sure. maybe it's because I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I don't know. <laughs> it was too sweet for me too. I think okay. yeah, I'm just okay. not into the sweet drinks. Um, they also have on Batu a, uh, droid depot. Did you do the droid build your own droid experience? I didn't do the build. I didn't do the build your own droid. I did, but I did like check it out. Okay. Um, and uh, you'll have to share because that was that was the one thing that I did not check out at all when I was there. Yeah, no, because I, I like you, I did the build your own lightsaber yep. experience. But the, outside the uh, build your own droid experience, they had like people like displaying different examples, like samples of droids. So you can so I actually got to try out some droids like they, oh, cool. they would hand you like a remote and you could like you know, play around with some. So I did that and it was pretty cool. And, uh, and just seeing a bunch of kids, there was a lot of kids that, yeah. that experienced this. I, I noticed, um, is that is definitely more for the kids, but they're coming out just with the biggest smiles on their faces yeah. with their, you know, custom droids. Like, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like the lightsaber experience that we'll get into. Like you can literally pick every, almost every little piece of it. And yep. if, as far as, and I think the droid, the droids are even more customizable because they come in different colors. They come in different, uh, dro- you know, different droid models. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot, a lot you can you can do with it. And I noticed in the gift shops, there was even more add-ons you could buy at the gift shops if you wanted to, 
go home and like switch out parts so yeah you know any way to uh, to, yep. to take more of your money but and yet we but, are we are all too happy to pay ex- ex- absolutely yeah um so yeah so let's let's jump into the savi's workshop and this is one of those experiences um that i would highly recommend it's the you build your own lightsaber experience and this is another mm. one that fills up really quickly so for yeah. me um reservations opened up 60 days before um the day that you want to you want to do it so 60 days before i was i think it was like um i think they opened at midnight orlando time so i was on on my phone at 10 p.m and uh got got (laughs) reservations for it for for uh me and my friend and uh you know, and that was one that like, if if you don't reserve it right away, it'll fill up and then you can't get a reservation. So if yeah. you are interested in this experience, which I would recommend, make sure that you do do some planning 60 days ahead. And so this this experience is really fun. You have uh, four different um, themes, I guess I would call them, of of different kinds of lightsabers that you can build. So right. they, they have a um, peace and justice themed set of pieces which would echo sort of your um prequel era lightsaber so the obi-wan kenobi lightsaber from the prequels i think is is probably a mm. good um kind of mental image of what that looks like there are um the power and control theme and this would be more akin to the sith's dark um dark power um dark side lightsaber that's kind of dark and and black in its in its build. There is an elemental nature theme, uh, which mm-hmm. is sort of I think I think one of the pieces is like I don't know if it was a rancor horn or there's there's some sort of horn. Yeah. Um, yes. With it, um, I wasn't interested in that. And then the final one mm-hmm. is protection and defense. And so this one I would compare it. It looks similar to the um, temple guardian lightsabers from rebels. So it's kind of mm-hmm. it's silver and gold in its, in its kind of layout. So when you do this, you choose one of those four themes and, um, and then they usher you into this kind of secret hidden cave because, <laughs> because it's all in universe. So on Batu, if, if yeah. the first order knows that you're making lightsabers, they're going to come and, 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 you know, shut right. it down. So even when they prepped us for this, they were like, you know, if anybody asks you what we're doing is we're just playing with, with like spare parts and, and junk metal. Like don't, don't tell anybody that you're actually building a lightsaber. And which I thought was a really <laughs> fun way to, to tie it to the whole situation. Yeah. Um. So what was your experience with, uh, with the lightsaber? You said you had a, a fun story here. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, going into it again, this is, this is going to be like a, a, a Marvel crossover with star Wars, uh, podcast here. But when I was in the, I was in a little waiting area. Once you check in right, right outside the shop. And, uh, I noticed like from a, from, you know, a short distance that the actor who's playing Shang Chi in, in the next, uh, Marvel movie, Shang Chi was there. The actor um, was there. Yeah, the actual actor. Yeah, Simu <gasps> Simu Liu. Simu Liu. Yeah, okay. I think is how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And if you're fans of, yeah, if you're fans of, uh, he was on a show called Kim's Convenience that's uh, okay. on Netflix. Um, I think only people who were fans of that show would probably recognize him because he's not. Other than that show, he's, he hasn't really done anything else until okay. up to now. Everyone's gonna know who he is now, obviously. Yep. Once that movie comes out, I actually got to. I just saw an early screening of it. Dang. Um, 
Nice. And it was, and it's awesome. It's really yeah. awesome. It's on my uh, list of, again, of movies to watch. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, again, probably something to say for the Marvel podcast. So check that out. SQPN listeners. But um, yeah, I saw him from a distance. So again, he's not like a big A-list name yet. Right. So not a lot of people, no one was really going up to him. He was like with some friends. Mm-hmm. And I think it looked like he was actually with some other cast members from Kim's Convenience. But anyway, I saw him from a distance. Like, oh, that's cool. That's the guy. I'm like, but I'm about to go into this thing so i'm probably you know i'm not gonna be able to talk to him probably but once i got in i noticed that he was he he was in there too he came in nice. uh, he he didn't build a lightsaber but he was watching oh, he one was, of his yep. friends build yep. one but he was in there i'm like oh nice Dang. um so long story short like after after the whole experience i was able to to go up to him and ask for a picture so i have a picture with him nice. and got to talk to him um so that's yeah that's my cool little story but but yeah like you going back to the whole experience uh like you described once you're once you're inside it's totally cool uh, i mean and again like they probably could have done this in a way where they could have done it cheaper and and had more people like do it per day uh and make it more streamlined but and they made it more of an experience like yep. you're in this room and and they present you like with the pieces yep. and and you get to take your time like I mean, you know what you don't have like all the time in the world right you know because they got to get to the next uh a lot of time slot but you know you got to like feel all the pieces and you have choices like even though you'll pick a theme but then the theme has choices within it yep so and it's all interchangeable pieces so you get to play around with every little piece till you get it to where you like it and then they present you with the fiber crystals and 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 you pick your color and 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 you get to it literally goes inside the the actual handle and you and you shut it and you know, everything is just so, it was so well thought out. Like it was. What astounded me by that whole thing was that the reason that my blade is green is because of the Kyber crystal. Yes. It's not yeah. the blade itself has green LED strips in it. It's right. the crystal. There, There's a light that shines through yeah. it. So yeah. So when you pick your color, you are picking your color. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I loved how they, they framed it. They were like, you know, they, they, they bring the crystals to you and they're like, you know, choose, choose the one that calls to you. And, you know, mm-hmm. so everything's, everything's all about, and even when you build it, it's, you know, you build it for what feels right. Not like, yes. you know, it's, it's <laughs> the whole experience is, <laughs> is totally, it's totally you, it's your lightsaber. And, and, you know, it's, um, yeah, very, very, very cool experience. And then the the other part of the whole thing is like as he's he's he goes through the four different themes and he explains them and the music changes yes. for like the 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 power and power and control one and then even Yoda uh, voices a uh, an affirmation for all of us who are building right. our lightsabers and just mm-hmm. super super cool yeah and then like when you you know the whole like when you get to light them up you yep. know it's like everyone does it at the same yeah. time and you know <laughs> yes. you, you raise it up and it's it's it you know it sounds kind of corny but it's it just adds oh. to the whole it's it adds to the whole experience it's one of those places that you can go and you can and i mean this in a in a sincere way but you can be a kid and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> right you like everybody's <laughs> doing the same thing and you don't feel awkward at all like yeah we're all gonna raise yeah. our lightsabers in this sort of cool motion yeah. and and salute and 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 yeah, and and not one person is is like you know going to scoff at you or anything. Like this is yeah. this is part of the experience, and yeah. and I think that's one thing that Disney does so well is you can go mm-hmm. to any of these parks, 
and you can you can let your inner kid run loose and and I think that there's something inherently good about that. I think we sometimes think that being <laughs> adults means that like we have to like let go of all the childish things and and like mm-hmm. you know being adults means that you work and you pay your bills and and you can't have fun and that's only for kids. Yeah. No. Like this whole thing like God created us to have joy. You know, and and so this mm-hmm. is this is one of the ways in which we can um, can share that. And and yeah, sure, it's a geeky way, but <laughs> it's it's fantastic and incredible. And to share it in that kind of an environment is so <laughs> so so good and and awesome. Um, I have a <laughs> a converse story to your story with <laughs> the Shang Chi actor. And I, <laughs> okay. as you were telling your story, I just. I kind of wanted to hide. Uh, so, uh, uh, I can't wait to hear this. Well, so, so Carlos and I, um, we were at Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. And uh, one of the workers told us that he had seen Ashley Eckstein just exit the, oh, wow. the, the Den of Antiquities just maybe, maybe five minutes before. Okay. Oh my gosh. And so we tried to kind of walk slowly out of the park and it was kind of yeah, the end yeah. of the day and 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 I was tired and we tried to tried to see if we could find <laughs> her and um and we did not find yeah. her. And it's funny because then afterwards we're like looking at her social media and like she posted pictures of like she was there oh, celebrating yeah. <laughs> the birthday of someone else and Carlos was like I saw that other person that she's with oh, and I didn't gosh. even I didn't even stop <laughs> and so like so yeah so we were like really close to to meeting Ashley Eckstein in in Batu and we <laughs> we failed <laughs> oh man so I'm happy that you got to meet 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 your meet your actor but <laughs> I was yeah yeah <laughs> I'm sorry. Bummed. I'm sorry you didn't get to. Yeah, it's okay. especially Ashley Eckstein as long, at Star Wars Land. Man, yeah. Well, as long <laughs> as I, I assume she would probably come to Star Wars Celebration. So I'm just putting that on my. Oh yeah. Um, on my list of, I'll, I'll, I'll meet her eventually in person. No doubt. Uh, I'm just trying to think what else. Um, oh, we haven't talked about Smuggler's Run yet. We have not. This yeah. <laughs> is the other big um attraction, if you will, at Galaxy's Edge. And this yeah. one, you don't need a virtual queue for. You just line up and wait. <laughs> and the line can go upwards, at least in, in Orlando. We waited hour to an hour and a half for it. And then we decided that we were going to go solo riders. And we got in immediately. So yeah, that's what I did. Well, I did the I did the single rider. Yep. And got in immediately. But like, no, absolutely no way. You, they will also split up your party, though. So, I mean, so if you do solo riders, yeah. you kind of got to realize which, that you might. Which we were already doing anyway, because, again, with my daughter there, we did a lot of oh, child sure. swap. Yep. A, a yep. lot of child swapping and, and single yep. riders. So we we're already doing that. So, uh, well, yeah, if you don't mind, you know, riding, you know, by yourself and yep. not with a group, then. I, I, you'll save a lot of time doing single rider, not just on that ride, but all the other rides. But I will say that when you, if you do wait through the line, it's almost worth it to wait through the line um, at least once uh, because the line will wrap around the Millennium Falcon and it goes yes. into um, the kind of Hondo's whatever ship shipyard area. And like, there's so much to see and do even while waiting in line. So it's, it's yeah. not just kind of a boring experience in line, right? Um, even though you're, you are still just kind of waiting for, for an hour. Um, yeah. 
what what's cool uh the, the last time that i was able to do it carlos and i uh we waited through the whole line because we wanted to be on it together and we wanted to uh yeah. to be the pilots <laughs> and nice. so we ended up being between two groups that were big enough to have their own cockpits so we mm-hmm. were the only two in our little cockpit. Oh, wow. Which was really fun. Uh, but awesome. before, before I get into that, I just kind of want to describe the whole thing for, for our listeners. So the, the whole idea behind this ride is that um, apparently Chewbacca has landed the Millennium Falcon on Batu and, and he needs supplies and Hondo um, from Star Wars Rebels um, mm-hmm. has this place called the Onaka Transport Solutions. So apparently Chewbacca has allowed hondo to use the millennium falcon for less than legal uh (laughs) reasons but Mm chewbacca is going to get supplies for the resistance so so the whole idea is that this gives us a chance to be pilots for the millennium falcon and go on this smuggler's run for hondo anaka and so the whole idea is that there are um so you get you go into the cockpit of the millennium falcon um there are six people who can be in the cockpit at any one time the two in front are pilots and the one pilot controls up and down. One pilot controls left and right. Uh, the two people behind them in the seats are gunners. So they have to shoot down uh, the enemies. And then the two people mm-hmm. in the back are engineers who have to fix the ship when the pilots hit things. So it is also an interactive experience. Yeah. And I mean, I would, I would compare it to a video game of sorts because you, yeah. you can do good or you can do poor and it affects the outcome of of what happens and it is oh it is it is so fun and i i never actually did the gunners um a couple of times a couple of times um i got stuck as an engineer which was fun but not not my favorite to be an engineer yeah you know you're you're, you push buttons that light up because that that somehow fixes the ship (laughs) the pilots are the 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 best seat in the house you get the front they are um one of the pilots you get to do you get to pull the the hyperspace handle and go into Mm -hmm. hyperspace which is really fun um and the and like i said it's it's you can you can do good or you can do poor and so, like the last time that that Carlos and I were on it, we actually did fairly well, and I think we did fairly well because nice. we so droids cover all the other all the other um, uh, roles, and right. so I mean we weren't the best pilots, <laughs> but we were off, you know. And I think we 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 managed to steal two of the coaxium uh, capsules. But there was something that happened in that last one that I'd never seen before. So you you get sent on this mission. You have to um, extract a couple of these containers of coaxium and then head back to Batu. And the the last time that Carlos and I did it, I'm not sure what happened, but we we stole the the coaxium and then on our way back to Batu, we got pulled out into the middle of an asteroid field, oh, which wow. doesn't <laughs> happen. Like, or it, 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 it doesn't happen that. often. Yeah. I I only saw it once and it oh, wow. really surprised me because you sort of get used to it. Like yeah. I I did the ride a number of times and it's like, okay, I've got this. And, and you want to, yeah. you want to, <laughs> the, the video gamer in me is like, okay, we got to do this, you know, hundred yeah. percent and, and not, not hit anything, which is darn near impossible. Um, but then, right. yeah, hitting yeah. the asteroid belt, uh, was, was <laughs> really unexpected. And then at one point, you know, I, I forget you, you get out of it and get back to Batu and everything's, everything's good, but just yeah. know that like, that is one of those rides that every experience is going to be different. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, depending on what role you play mm-hmm. and, and yeah, the, 
how how well the other members of your group are yeah you right. could, <laughs> could totally be yeah <laughs> yeah it was and it was fun too because like i was like i said i was a gunner when i went on and uh <laughs> the whole time me and the other gunner were just yelling at the pilots like try it what are you doing like, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, just giving them crap for how bad how poorly they're they're driving i mean all we had to do was like basically push buttons that yep. light up uh but um well yeah at least being a gunner is cool because you get to actually see your yeah you, you, yeah you see you see what you're hitting and and uh your effect on the game and you get the stats at the end right you know so it's yeah like you said totally like a video game and and again it's just you really feel like you're inside a millennium falcon yeah. and then uh it's the the buttons and the you know it's everything's again tactile and mm-hmm. and the the level of detail is just on on another level you know yep. so it's and even incredible. while you're you're waiting in line you you go through a room where you have it's the 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 common room of the millennium falcon where the desaric table is set up <laughs> and so like i mean you're you're walking through all of that as you get to the cockpit and it yeah yeah another one well, of those yeah, kind the of hallway, the hallways yep. oh man when i was in the hallway right before you get in <laughs> i was like oh my gosh we're, we're we're really in it. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. And I think one of my times as I was, um, I when I did a the single writer, um, I had a family, and there was like two giggly teenage girls as pilots. <laughs> <laughs> we we did not uh, do so well. <laughs> at yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's oh, it's a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's so much more that that we could say. Um. One of the yeah. one of the things that I want to touch on because this is my favorite thing that happened. Um, out of everything that happened, uh, we were Carlos and I were walking around and we saw one of the local uh people from Batu set up on. There's a couple uh, of those of the trash the trash cans that had flat surfaces, and mm-hmm. he was he had a he had a deck of sabak, and he was just <laughs> teaching sabak. So like, oh, wow. so I, I even, uh, I'm showing Andrew, but I, I bought a, a deck yeah. and, but what was, what was cool about him? So his name was dust and he, uh, it was the best experience. I mean, I, I rate this higher than, than rise of the resistance for me because what this experience was, was it was an encounter with one of the, the Disney cast members who just loved what he was doing and 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 he was in yeah. character so like he's like he's teaching a sabak and he's like you know this is the way that my mom taught me how to play and and um so he kind of goes through the cards and he teaches sabak so if you want to know how to play sabak i can totally <laughs> uh totally teach you oh that's so cool um you know and and so like he's going through all the cards and and as like some of the other uh locals walk by they're like watch out for him. He's, he's going to, you know, swindle you and, and, and like, and they play off of each other. So like, yeah. they're, they're like, they, like they know each other from, from Batu. And um, so he, he, he teaches Sabak and then he plays a few rounds and um, he does try to cheat, which is also totally in character. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and what was, what was awesome about meeting dust was, is we started to have a conversation with him after the whole Sabak thing. And we kind of got a little um, meta, if you will. We we started kind of asking sure. him about his his time with Disney and and that whole experience. And and he was just so excited to to be able to tell us, you know, what the the Disney Imagineers did and what their goal was and what his role was. So his role, he wasn't selling anything. 
he wasn't mm. he wasn't making money for Disney per se. He wasn't at a at a shop. He wasn't, you know, guiding people to an attraction. He was just there to play Sabacc with people. And oh, wow. and so the whole idea and this is why I love um, Batu and what Disney's done with it is it feels like a lived in world. It's it's Absolutely. like you have traveled, you know, to some foreign country and you're meeting mm-hmm. one of the locals. And that's that's what they try to get across. So, so he gave us a pointer and he was like, just go up to go up to other other um, uh, cast members, as they're called, and, and ask mm-hmm. them where they're from. And so we started to do that. And yeah. what happens is that every single employee has come up with their own backstory. So they're all local to Batu. There are three different villages that they can come from. They can mm-hmm. come from Galma, Pika and Surabat. And so, like, I was trying to piece wow. together, like, wh- like, so Gama is where dust was from. And mm. it totally makes sense because it, and if you if you Wikipedia this, you'll you'll find information on it. It's really cool. It was made just for Galaxy's Edge, by the way. So, like, these these oh, villages wow. are all canon, but they're all made uh, for for Galaxy's Edge. So uh, so dust is from Gama, which is a kind of an industrial mechanical village. And but there's illegal pod racing and droid fights that happen there. So like it totally fit his character. Like (laughs) he learned to gamble and stuff from a young age. Um, But then like we would talk to other people and they're like, oh, you know, my family's from Pika, which is a a fishing village, Um, you know, and they Mm. they they have a whole different kind of backstory. And then um, Surabat, I don't I don't know if I met anybody from Surabat, but um, uh, so either way, you can get into a conversation with them about their Mm. story. And they love to talk about their story. And it, and it just, it makes the experience all the more real. And so mm-hmm. like, even, even the, you know, the person who's taking out the trash, like they all have a story. Yes. And I noticed even, yeah, every, everyone that works there just, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it could be someone who's just sweeping, yeah. like they, they're in full costume yep. and, and like they, it doesn't feel like they're out of place. Right. It's, it's really, like you said, it's lived in. But I think, I think it's important to point that out because most people don't realize that that's going on under the surface. Most right. people, yeah, are, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Most people go and they're like, oh, we're going to do, you know, this ride and we're going to eat here and we're going to, they, they view it as an amusement park. Which, mm-hmm. okay, fair enough, it is. But what yeah. Disney has done has turned it from an amusement park into an actual immersive experience. And if you, if you don't recognize that like the, the people working there are in character, if you don't recognize yeah. that, you're missing a whole layer of this whole <laughs> experience. Um, you know, w- one of the things that they'll do, too, is that um, when they greet you, they'll say bright suns. And that's a traditional good morning or hello um, mm-hmm. That's local to Batu, so it's it's everything yeah. is is in universe, and um and Dust was was sharing some of his experience with this, and and he um I mean he just he really encouraged us to kind of to to go down those roads and talk to people, uh because some of the some of the Disney higher ups um I mean they they would look at that maybe not so not so fondly because it doesn't really get him money. But it's sure. but it's totally part of what makes the experience an experience. Um, right. So so if you go to Galaxy's Edge, when you go to Galaxy's Edge, talk to the locals. I mean, yeah. imagine that you were going on some trip to to Italy or France or anywhere, and just like you would talk to the locals, talk to the locals and ask them, you know, yeah. 
what their story is or, or, you know, <laughs> um, some of them have some really fun stories too. Like dust was telling us there's a story and I'm forgetting the story now, but there was a crack in one of the, the skywalks. And, and so he was telling us how the crack appeared and it was a, <laughs> I can't remember. There was uh, a romance gone wrong and, and I can't even remember what it was, <laughs> but, but like, if you go just for the rides, you are missing an entire level of experience that, um, and I, that I think makes it way more incredible. Well, okay. So that's, that's good to know. I'm definitely going to so be go doing back. that next time. Yeah. yeah. Next time I go back. Yeah. It's cause it, like, even if you're just there, like you'll, you'll get to like, especially on the rides, obviously you're going to interact with a lot of the cast members yep. and, um, and a lot of them will come up to you or if you, if you, you know, catch them doing one of their, uh, you know, their, their kind of live performances just out in the open. Like it's yep. very impressive. And, 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 the Anaheim, like if you're going to Disneyland, like almost everyone that works there is like trying to be an actor. <laughs> so yep. it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of like, uh, people just, this is like their, their first job or like, even if they've been at Disneyland for a while, like a lot of them are, are, are trying to make it in Hollywood or have, you know, have that dream, just yep. obviously just being in that, living in that region. So I can only imagine the level of uh, that, that some of those cast members go to. So I'm definitely going to do that (laughs) next time I'm there. And, and even just like wander and watch, you know, it's, it's one thing, like if, if, if it's your first time there, you're, you're almost so overwhelmed with, okay, we got to do this and we got to do that. And, and you want to hit everything and, and that's totally understandable. But if you can just, yeah, kind of pause and watch. Um, I mean, yeah, it, the interactions are great. And, and of course there are the, the main characters, Ray and, and Chewbacca show up. And, um, yeah. I think if it was outside of COVID, you could interact with them more directly, but with COVID they're kind of behind a, uh, they they're kind of up yeah. on a balcony and, and stuff. And so you can see them and, and hear them and, and interact, but then, you know, Kylo Ren and the stormtroopers are there. And, um, mm-hmm. but then just the, the people, you know, it's, it's, or just oh it's 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 so cool um dust would (laughs) people would would come up to him and and we we sat and talked to him for for quite a while and like people would come up to him and be like you know uh where's the bathroom and and he would respond with well what's it to you like how much you're gonna give me for for that information (laughs) and like some people would respond like like in like in turn and and i and i can't remember anything that they they said but you know and some people he would recognize like okay they need to go to the bathroom now so like okay it's down and and on the left but (laughs) but like just the way that that they interact with with um with the people visiting is is truly remarkable and just oh i i i'm in awe at the the brains that went into it a couple other random fun tidbits um on galaxy's edge uh, John Williams actually created an original score for it. I don't know if you, oh, you picked up that. on that. I didn't actually, just, I um, did not, I didn't know I'm that. not entirely sure where the music can be heard. I think it, maybe it can be heard maybe in the rise of the resistance, um, attraction or maybe smugglers run. It's not just like playing in the, the cantina because what's playing in the cantina okay. is in universe music, like what they would probably right. actually be listening to. Um, so, uh, so you can, you can look up, uh, on YouTube, the, the original score for galaxy's edge and it's, and it's pretty good. Um, another random tidbit is uh, Vanessa Marshall, who we interviewed on the podcast, uh, a number of months ago, her voice is heard in, um, Hondo's, um, area. So she's one of them who's, who's on the, the, the speakers that, that are in the communications. 
So oh, nice. it, it sounds like Hera, yeah. but it's not Hera. Oh. But it is Vanessa Marshall. It's Vanessa Marshall. Nice. Um, mm, any any other kind of random things that stuck out at you? I I mean, there's so there's so much where you could say we haven't even touched on the marketplace. If you want to get, you know, um, tidbits or toys or yeah. or stuffed porgs uh, to to take with you, there, there's there's a cool marketplace that you can go to. Um, yeah, it's a dangerous place. Yeah, I, I had to uh, look back. I, uh, uh, I got a, I got a, a stuffed Boba Fett. Nice. Of course you did. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe we'll end with uh, what was your your favorite part of Galaxy's Edge? Ooh, I have to say it's Rise of the Resistance because again, I, I I just was not expecting it to be at the level yep. uh, again of detail and of uh, immersiveness and just. I didn't know a theme park ride and, a, you know, a, an attraction could be, some, could, could get up to a level like that. Like it's hard. Like it's, I can't even, it's hard for me to find the words literally right now, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, again, it's, it's, we, we gave you the tip on, on how to get in. Like yeah. you just got to be on that app and that's, at seven o'clock, seven a.m. and then I think you said it was for one o'clock. Yep, it was the second time. Seven, I think for, I think it's noon. I think it's noon for Disneyland okay. for the second chance. But yeah, I highly like if 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 you're lucky enough to to be going to a, going to Disneyland or Disney World, that's that needs to be at the top of your list or near the top of your list of of things to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I changed everything, and I guess uh, uh, you know the the experiencing the fireworks at Star Wars Land was. I highly recommend too because um, instead of being in the, watching it at the castle, yep. I, I listen. I mean, it's, if it's your first time and 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 you want to watch it at the castle, I get it. But you know, if you've been to Disneyland or Disney World before, I highly recommend at least at the Disneyland location that I can speak of watching the fireworks there. Yeah. There's a lot less people, and the fireworks are like in your face. Yep, uh, it's it's it was incredible. Um, yeah, I don't think that Orlando has fireworks there, but I would recommend if you have the stamina to stay all day, stay until nightfall. And mm-hmm. the, the, the whole, oh, it's a totally different oh, experience at night. Oh yeah. It, oh, you're absolutely right. It looks yeah. like, like all the, the ships that are docked light up and, um, oh, man. yeah, it, it looks and feels so much different. And then everybody who has bought a lightsaber, which is a lot of people, they'll be walking around with their yes. lightsabers lit and uh, yeah. Oh, there were people like just straight up lightsaber fighting in front of the Millennium <laughs> yeah. Falcon, you know, and, and all the different, like, yeah, everyone's like getting, taking pictures for their, yep. you know, Instagram accounts oh, or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I I obviously got my picture in front of the Millennium Falcon with my lightsaber, so I am <laughs> one of those people. So yeah, it's, it's really yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, it's it's a totally totally cool experience at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so so my favorite part I've I actually already said it was the the Sabak experience. Um, and he actually taught us he taught us normal Sabak, and then he taught us, um. I think he called it Corellian spike and, <laughs> and even, <laughs> and even then, like he was, he was like trying to tell us in character. He's like, and if you want to learn more about this, I would not tell you to go on your data pad to the hollow net. And I would not recommend looking up Corellian <laughs> spike on, on YouTube. And I, and I think oh it's, I think it's Corellian spike on YouTube um, is actually how he learned it. Because if you buy the deck, it comes with instructions, but the instructions are really hard to follow. Mm-hmm. So if you YouTube it, uh, it, it helps. Um, but or just contact me. Yeah. I'll, I'll teach you. Um, it's you it's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> this is the same the same cards that are seen in uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. 
So nice. slightly different than the pre-Disney um, Legends universe Sabat game, but it's they're they're both kind of based on on the same premise. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So let me know. I'll uh, I'll teach you if you wanna if you wanna learn. Nice. I should grab a deck. Yeah. <laughs> you should. I think I'm gonna bring yeah. it to youth group here at the church and just because um, it's basically like 21 essentially. So it's oh, okay. It's yeah. it, and it's a it's easy to pick up and it's quick quick rounds. So it's not nice. like you know you have to dedicate you know a substantial amount of time to playing the game. You can play for for just a couple rounds and be over in, in five minutes. Um, oh, that's good. So, so yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a good, a good game. Um, so that is going to conclude our discussion, even though there's so much more that we could say. And so listeners, we want to know, uh, what your experience was. Hopefully if you've gone to galaxy's edge, we'd love to hear about it. Um, and if you haven't gone to galaxy's edge, uh, you should definitely check that out if you have the opportunity. But before we completely wrap up, there are just a couple uh, listener feedback uh, comments that I want to make. One is from Kelly Brown on Facebook, and she had commented last week um, regarding the penultimate episode of The Bad Batch. And so now she's commenting on the final episode of The Bad Batch. And she says, quote, I was completely wrong in my prediction after part one, and I am very glad The way that the show ended was much more interesting. Crosshair's decision at the end was heartbreaking, but actually more realistic. I know that Star Wars is full of quick redemption arcs, but that's usually not how things really happen. Redemption is a slow process sometimes. If Crosshair is redeemed, and he might not be, he's going to first need to see more of how little the Empire actually views him. Storytelling-wise, having Crosshair with the Empire next season is helpful. We, the audience, can see the Empire through his eyes. I'm actually going through Clone Wars and I'm currently in season three. I just finished the episode where Kamino is attacked by Grievous. After seeing what happens to Kamino in the finale of The Bad Batch, it was actually sad. Watching the Clone Wars has made me care about the clones. I avoided watching the Clone Wars because I didn't think I would like an animated show. But after seeing The Bad Batch and the first seasons of The Clone Wars, I've realized just how wrong I was. Kudos to Dave Filoni. Can't wait till next season. It's going to be a long wait. But until then, I have the Clone Wars to watch for the first time. So lucky to experience that for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kelly, I think you you would echo, um, you know, probably a lot of people's um, opinions is just because it's an animated show actually does not mean that it's meant just for kids. And it does humanize the the clones and really kind of brings them into into the spotlight and, and makes us care about them, which is which is important for for the story. Um, and I agree. I think Crosshair's redemption arc is going, if it happens, which I think we all hope it will. Um, that's, that's, I think where, where season two will, will explore. Um, also we had an email from Catherine and she said, uh, great podcast on the bad batch series. I'm also hoping for a clone colony, just like in Timothy Zahn's specter of the past and visions of the future books by far my favorite star Wars story arc. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I don't know if, if they'll pull from Spectre of the Past and Vision of the Future, uh, that'd be really cool. But I do think that the mountain at the end of the Bad Batch, um, is very possibly an allusion to Heir to the Empire, the Timothy Zahn trilogy that he wrote, um, before, before the two that you mentioned. So they are definitely pulling from legends and bringing them, bringing aspects into canon. So they're they're they totally could at some point 
So that is it from us. And so listeners, of course, if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, we want to hear your experience. And so you can uh, comment on our Facebook or Twitter page uh, to let us know what what you loved about the experience and um, any hints or tips or secrets that you've experienced um, in Galaxy's Edge. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at SQPN. And you can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com. And we would like to take a moment now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Andrew E., Christopher V., Natalie B., Cesar T., and Colleen H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by going to sqpn.com slash give. Also, of course, make sure that you are subscribed to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. And if you want to find all of our previous episodes, you can go to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And so since we are in between uh, TV series at the moment, we are going to be going back to our our two-week episodes, uh, two weeks between podcast episodes. So we will be back in two weeks as we are going to do a couple character-specific episodes. And so first, we are going to be taking a deeper look into my favorite character, Django Fett. So until next time, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>